Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, what is up, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And so I'm back. David's out this time. Yes, we're ringing so around the rosy. Well, uh, that just means we'll just have to just keep the cycle at some yeah. point. But uh, we got a whole bunch to talk about. We've got some Final Cut Pro updates, some some new, oh, a new RAM pickup. I didn't even know about that. That's on the list. It's it's an interesting twist on its electrification also. Okay, I'm interested. Uh, we also want to talk about a new Sony camera that has a literal boost button and makes the craziest sound effects because of this boost button. You'll see what we mean. Uh, but first of all, I just want to say, if, if you didn't hear at the end of the last week's episode where I chimed in on FaceTime, I do want to issue an apology, a correction, for two weeks ago now at this point, mm-hmm. when I mentioned that I didn't think the Nissan GTR was a track car. Uh, I was wrong. Whoops. <laughs> Very wrong. <laughs> it's clearly, uh, I was well-educated on the history of the Nissan GTR, and how it was actually a, a, a really impressive track car. It set like production records at the Nürburgring. It has this whole rich history of many different versions of the GTR that were awesome on a track. So my perception of the GTR was totally wrong at the time. So if you went off into your life after listening to that episode thinking that the GTR was not a track car, I'm here at the beginning here to tell you people will be very mad at you for thinking that. So now you know the GTR, nice little track heritage, well-played Nissan. Uh, also want to shout out real quick, mm-hmm. uh, the Decoder podcast, Neelai had on President Obama and he had a lot to say about AI. They talked about AI, AI regulation, the new tech waves coming up. They're sort of like the wave of social media and then the wave of AI being some of the most disruptive technologies ever. And really, really insightful questions and answers. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I think Neil did a good job at asking a bunch of questions and referencing, like you said, um, regulations based on social media and how it didn't really do very well. So how do they adapt to make sure that obviously... Former President Obama isn't the one in there doing stuff like that, but he's working yeah. towards different things and still has organizations moving forward with it. Um, it was really, really good. Last week, David and I briefly just mentioned the bill that got passed or the yeah. the executive order that got passed about AI, but it was very vague because we didn't know much. And if you want way more information about that and AI regulations in general, that Dakota episode is great. Yeah, it has a lot of well-fleshed-out thoughts that I have not even been able to like fully put in two words yet and just listening to him like sit through and think through them in real time is great. So yeah. we'll link it below. Um, One other thing, remember a few weeks ago we were talking about would you take a driverless taxi? Yeah. Well, David did. He's in San Francisco right now. and He, he made said a st- he would, right? Yeah. Okay. He I'm made sure. a studio short on it. So if you want to see his experience, you know, maybe he made it out alive. Maybe he didn't. You'll he never did. believe what happens. <laughs> You'll There's never, a reason yeah. he's not here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why he's not here. But um, it's on the studio channel if you want to go see it. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, we did get some new Macs. So we should talk about the new Apple announcement and the Macs that we got out of it. I mean, I'm sure you guys talked about we a did, lot of that yeah. stuff. I just kind of have now, we have them in-house, and we want to sort of 
give a little bit more of my reactions to it, specifically M3, M3 Pro, M3 Max stuff. Um, we have it in person now, the matte black, sorry, space black MacBook Pro. And it's it's gray, is, is basically <laughs> what I wanted to say. It's it's gray. I canceled my order. Really? I canceled my order. I, I had ordered a maxed out 16-inch M3 Max space black MacBook Pro. And then we got our review unit here. I was flexing because it's such a Chad computer. It is a it is a serious computer. I had seven thousand dollars committed, ready to go on this computer. We got a review unit, which is also a maxed out matte black sixteen inch space black MacBook Pro. And don't get me wrong, it's an incredible computer, very impressive, very capable, nice GPU improvements. By the time this podcast episode is out, hopefully the full review is also live, and you can see everything I think about it. But basically, the two new things with the computer are the new chip and the Mm -hmm. new color. And I was thinking, "Eh, the new chip by itself might not really be enough of a reason for me to upgrade. And the new color by itself, super cool, but not really enough of a reason for you to upgrade. But maybe combined, they will add up to a computer that I really want. I like how the performance and color are the things that might combine together. It's the only things that are No, you're right, you're right. So I I stacked those on top of each other. I was like, all right, new color, new performance. This will be worth the upgrade for me. And then we got it in hand. And the performance, it's... Yeah, it's better, but in a lot of the th- the same reasons we've been talking about before, like the quantum leap was from the Intel MacBook Pros to the Apple Silicon ones. Mm-hmm. This is a small bump from the M2 family and a decent bump from the M1 family. Wait, okay, yeah, you're using a, an M1 currently, This right? right here is my M1 Max MacBook Pro. I can't believe there's a day that I'm working with you and you are two generations behind on something with computing power. And it's totally fine. And it's a really good computer. Again, because I edit most stuff on the desktop. And when I do take a video on the go, like when I edited the impressions video on this laptop, it handled it super well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't need the upgrade. If I was doing like full on projects, maybe I'd think about it. But the other thing is the color is not that different either. It's, it's It's just enough darker gray that I noticed that it's not space gray, but it's definitely not black. Like, your laptop is black. Mm-hmm. Do you want this one? That one has a lot more fingerprints on it, and I will give Apple credit. I think they realized, like, they couldn't get any darker than that without starting well, to take on remember the remember Midnight? Midnight was just an... Remember Jet Black? The iPhone? Yeah, iPhone 7, I think it was, had a Jet Black, which mm-hmm. is glossy pitch black. That thing looked amazing out the box and then immediately got covered in fingerprints. I would argue not even amazing out the box. Amazing as the box has like a quarter of an inch open yeah. and then the minute it's open, yeah, it's Yeah, over. so I, I think I realized that stacking the perf- the new performance and the new camera still wasn't enough to, to justify that upgrade for me, so I canceled it. Wow. There you have it. You awesome. heard it here first. So it sucks. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure someone would love to write the headline like MKBHD cancels an order. It's it's just I, I have a great laptop here. It was me. Here. I just wrote that. Headline. <laughs> <laughs> the article's out already. No, I think it was good. Um, so I'm going to keep using this one. It's a It's been a great laptop for me. I, my, my battery life, maybe. I think people were asking for like my long-term review of this laptop. So far, it's like the only thing that's maybe dipped a little bit is battery life. Mm-hmm. And I think I expected that out of M1 Max. Other than that, it's been great. Yeah, I think David and I were trying to debate on if we thought you would upgrade. And I think both of us thought you would do the double, the jump because you skipped one already. Um, yeah, I, wow. I would have agreed with you as I placed the order because I did place the order. 
I did place the order, but I it did not ship and I canceled it. I mean, I think that's so many people listening right now. If Marquez is still using M1 MacBook Pro, it's probably it's a real shame you can't really get them anymore, right? That's you have to get like say. a that refurbished mean, version. Yeah, that doesn't mean go buy the M1 Max right now. Uh, because it might not be priced correctly. I haven't even looked up how much it would cost. I think you can get it. I was talking to a friend the other day about that, yeah. and he specifically wanted a MacBook Pro, and I was trying to convince him to get an Air, and I was like, well, maybe you can find an M1 MacBook Pro somewhere, but I, we mm-hmm. could only find some like refurbished versions on Best Buy. We didn't look that long and that hard, but um, yeah. I could not find one. I don't know that the price difference going down to the M1 would be that great like i feel like these hold their value pretty well mm-hmm. so a refurbished m1 is probably almost as expensive as the m3 so i would just get the m2 or the m3 and that's fine if i didn't have this already but yeah that's where i'm at wow all right a uh, couple final cut pro updates yeah I, I had this in here because you posted it at first i read it as just ipad final cut stuff but it looks like it's for mac and for ipad but you were excited mariah's excited adam's excited i'm just excited. i don't use final cut so i'm, I'm interested in what the <laughs> new things are I was excited when anything got improved with Final Cut for the iPad because it's Final Cut for the iPad. That's my. I was yeah. hoping they would do more, but it was not. So that keeps being my question: is like we've seen we wanted Final Cut for iPad for so long. It came out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone in the studio really used it. Maybe tried it for a very short amount of time. Um, yeah. We keep seeing that. Adam said he wants to try and uh, edit an episode of the podcast on the iPad, but. Is this another update that's going to happen and I'm just not going to hear? And then next time it comes out, you guys post in Slack. And then I'm like, oh, cool. Are are we going to do anything? No, it's like it added some useful new features, Mm -hmm. um, better timeline tools. And that's great. But I still use so many plugins that I can't really do a full edit on the iPad. Because it doesn't support the plugin. Have you done an autofocus edit on the iPad? No, that would work, though. That would make... That would would be a cool... Video, but an autofocus edit is actually so simple. I don't even need Final Cut. Like I could do it in iMovie. Oh. Weird flex, but so okay. it's like Final Cut is like it's like a weird in between. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it would work great. Yeah, that'd be cool. But in the new updates, was there any like one thing for Mac or for iPad that you were specifically excited about? You literally said yo when it came out because I, I said go gotta be... to the headline and I oh. saw that there was an update for Final Cut for iPad <laughs> okay. so I was very excited about the prospect of a powerful new update which is like how <laughs> okay. they phrased it and then I opened it and that that energy was not matched okay so before the Slack message you needed the like Twitter thing that's like are you sure you don't want to read this article yeah. before you post like, this like if I quote tweeted that and just been like yo I would have been very disappointed <laughs> okay yeah it was it was a pretty minor update that's funny um all right, next in here, I have the Ram 1500. I have it in quotes, EV. Um, you said you haven't heard about it. it. It's it's really interesting, I think. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about 32-bit float point recording coming to Logic Pro. So the new Ram EV. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the reaction America needs. <laughs> um, okay, so the new this new pickup truck, it yeah. is not a full-blown EV. It is essentially a, do you remember like, well, the Chevy Volt did this previously, but also I'm pretty sure the Karma Rivero did something where it has a battery pack. It has electric motors. This has 145 miles of electric range that you can completely use, but also has a gas tank and then a 3.6 liter V6 engine that can use the gas to then send power generation back into the electric system of the truck. And then with both of them together fully, you can get 690 miles of range. So it's a hybrid. 
It's a hybrid <laughs> with all the benefits of an EV because you're using EV motors. So you have like the zero to 60, you've got better torque. I mean, yes. better instant I mean, torque, are they, I should say. So I guess the question is, are the, like with any hybrid, the question is, are yes. the motors powerful enough to like really be all the benefits of an EV? Like the, the what Prius, do you mean? like the Prius is this exact same. No, 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 but this is different because um, this is the, drivetrain is only electric motors. Oh, it does not connect the yeah, engine. That's what, oh. Like the Karma Rivero, so I'm I see, I see. almost positive. It's really hard to find information on the Karma Rivero because now Karma is a new company that's a little different yeah. and there's not a ton of information on the older one, but that was a battery with electric motors and then there was also a combustion engine, but it was not sending power to the wheels, I believe. Okay. Maybe not the Karma, that's what this does. It's sending, it's essentially charging, continuing the charging of the batteries okay. and letting you use electricity. So it's an electric car mm -hmm. that also has a gas generator inside that yes. you can use to an, fill the battery. It has an engine that sends generation power into the into electric drivetrain. So I think it's cool because in the pickup truck world specifically, I think there's, first of all, like when the Volt did it, it only had 50 miles of EV range. Okay. This has 145 miles of EV range that you can do just plugging it in, mm -hmm. which is should be for most people plenty for your everyday commute. But when you have a truck and you're towing and you're probably going to lose quite a bit of that range in just pure electricity, having the backup tank of 690 miles, which is probably less towing a high payload, mm -hmm. I think the ability to, if once a month you're towing something, maybe like a boat far away to a lake or something. Yeah. I think it sounds like an interesting in-between. That's fascinating. It's a fascinating solution. Yeah. I think it, when you like ask people what they think of EVs, I think a lot of people's most question is like, so what happens when you run out of electricity? Mm -hmm. Or what happens, wh like how, there's no gas tank? What do you mean there's no gas tank? So this is kind of the like... It's almost the thing that they would describe without knowing that they're describing it. They're like, what if I could just like have a backup gas, a gas tank yeah. and that would replenish my battery? Yeah. And I think for a pickup truck, it makes the most sense in here because those are the things that maybe do take them on longer than 145 mile trips. Or like I said, when you're towing or have a high payload, you start losing range pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So having that to be able to just like complete those longer trips. If you're still somebody who's towing a huge payload all of the time and we're neato towing capacity higher than this. I think it's 14,000 pounds. Um, nice. A gas is still going to be your better option. Yeah. But this feels like a better in between now for, I want to pick up truck for some reason as my daily driver, which is way too big in my opinion. But anyways, <laughs> if you still want that, but then maybe you're towing your heavy boat somewhere yeah. every once in a while, like, yeah, we've seen the the the, the Nocta range that a lot of EVs get when towing. Like mm -hmm. Zach, Zach, Jerry Rig Everything's video is a great example. He did a Rivian tow test and basically towing crushes your battery. You're using way more torque, way more constant power. So this pickup truck is a pretty ideal type of vehicle to get this sort of treatment where like a normal SUV might yeah. not actually benefit that much. From yeah, it. and most likely 90% of the time you're only using the EV battery here that you can plug in every yeah. night wake up to a whole 145 miles of range and then on the on the weekend it has the gas the gas is just sitting there in case something happens and then mm -hmm. you're good to go knock yourself out i think I it's pretty a cool question sure so basically it's just it just has a generator to like replenish the battery right that's the best i think that's the correct way to think about it i think it. that's the easiest way to put it i'm sure there's, there's something more, more complicated yeah. in in there but like but like so if the power in my house goes out 
can I use it as a generator? I don't know if you're saying so. Like, like kind of how the F one fifty Lightning, you could just I don't plug know into it, and I don't know if it has the battery. ability to sh- push the power out. Yeah, it would be really cool to be able to have your whatever kilowatt hour battery that can do that plus turn the car on and the gas and, yeah. and continue to power that. But yeah, I don't know. I didn't see that feature request. Ram, if feature you're making sure you open your garage when you do that. <laughs> yes, because with the F one fifty Lightning, you don't have to. You're very but, right. You know, sure. it's a little different. Newbie question here. Yeah. It is Ram, right? Is the company. Ram yes, It's company. not a Dodge Ram anymore. That's what we, I no. made that mistake a couple weeks ago on the pod, okay. I think. No. I, I, I thought it was I made that Dodge. mistake like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, we and thought it was Dodge Ram. Funny enough, you know, out of all, like, listen, we got stuff about weird tech people who enjoy cars. I think that's very obvious. Mm-hmm. When I said it like a year ago, I have to say the Ram people were the nicest people in correcting me. <laughs> oh. So many people were like, it hasn't been named Dodge in years. It's just been its own company, but like, just letting you know. Very nice. Like, I know it used to be Aww, that. I know it's wholesome. just Ram now, though. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like jumped down my throat like the majority of the mistakes that I make. It was 2010. Okay. You have an excuse for missing 13 years of pickup trucks. I will say the logo <laughs> is still that like big horn thing. That is it's what it fun. was when it was the Dodge Ram. Right. Oh right. man, I don't want to go any further into this because the potential of me making a st- <laughs> mistake get is wrong through again. the We're roof right now. Marquez is just trying to direct the vehicle hate to me. What this do you think episode. about the GTR? <laughs> Talk about the GTR. I, I liked, I liked the GTR. Oh, weirdly, on like the road or like a tracker. I think, <laughs> I think it looks good. I like how it looks. Little mid episode mini trivia. I've got a study here in front of me. A study. A study. i've got a a study here in front of me what percentage and this is by strategic vision a auto research firm Mm -hmm. what percentage of ford f-150 owners rarely or never tow anything i heard this from Uh, ford dude the ford guy told us this i don't remember exactly what it was but it was so much higher than it's you expect. Incredibly high. It's, it's never it's gotta be over ninety. I think it's like over eighty. Rarely, or I if, think it might be over ninety. Though I think it's probably over half. Never, and then I think rarely would include most oh. of the rest of owners. I think it's ninety. My here's my th- the people who would answer that are they answering the survey? Answering a survey? Yes, this is self-reported. People, if you tow it all, I would assume would never oh. say rarely. They want to. Self-reported would be a bunch of people who do towing, so maybe it's higher. It's sixty-three percent. Never or rarely. Never or rarely. But it's what's even crazier is that fifty-two percent of F one fifty owners use them as a daily commuter. No, it's true. Anyway, this is all to say that while in our brains, (laughs) towing might be important for a truck. uh, And another another thing on that though is a lot of people who tow and are towing a lot. We'll go for a 250 or a three, like they'll yeah. an upgraded truck. Or a so, cyber truck. Or, yes, that's yeah. the towing dream. <laughs> yeah. All those sure. real cyber trucks out there. Coming yeah. soon. <laughs> Wait, okay. My favorite track track car news of the week. <laughs> I tweeted this. The the Ramat Navera set a new Guinness World Record. Mm-hmm. You know how they set like the fastest zero to 60 of a production car, the fastest zero to 100, the fastest zero to 200. Mm-hmm. They had all these acceleration records in a straight line. They set another straight line acceleration record that I guess they maybe forgot to think of the first time. Oh. It's the top speed record uh-huh. backwards. Oh. It's the fastest production car ever backwards. 
with a top speed of 171 miles per hour in a straight line backwards. And I need you to just, I don't even need you to picture this. I actually will put a link below where you can watch them blast this car backwards at 170 miles an hour in a straight line. And it is one of the most entertaining. I don't know why. You were so watching it for like half an hour it's this It's such morning. a funny video because they have the same exact shoot type where they're like action shots of mm -hmm. it. It's just this car. You just picture the guy like driving like this. Didn't like you backwards. say they originally posted it in reverse, which made everything look like it was going forwards, and then they said, yeah. gotcha, yeah, this is started, all reverse. They opened with this montage of the car going really fast in a straight line, and they were like, all of those shots were played backwards, because this car is hauling backwards at 170 miles an hour. Is this useful? No. No, it's not. Is this practical? Is this ever going to be a reason anyone buys a car? No. I did a, I'm trying to remember what car I reviewed on Autofocus that was the fastest reversing car I've ever tested, and I accidentally discovered that. It was within I'm the last I'm just imagining me backing down my driveway. <laughs> At 50 miles an hour. I'm just saying this would be very useful in every zombie apocalypse movie where they're all going backwards incredibly fast. Seems like where it. they hit a dead end and they need to. Exactly. Yeah, just hop in, your, hop in your... Three million dollar hypercar, and if there was a car or a vehicle it. I had during a zombie apocalypse, I think the Rivera would be the last one I would pick. Cybertruck is top of the list. <laughs> no, <laughs> Cybertruck is probably the top of the list. It's it is the top of the list. Yeah, you'd pick an EV in a zombie apocalypse. What if the electricity's out? You have a better chance of finding gas reserves. But doesn't people don't people always say that gas pumps run electricity? So if electricity's out, you're doomed anyway. Yeah, well, I would siphon it with my mouth. <laughs> You can siphon electricity with your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> if you try hard enough. We should we should take a quick break. We're going we should. Yeah, we should. Uh, but before we do, we should, of course, do trivia. Trivia. I would use the Moto Compacto as my zombie apocalypse vehicle. That's a great option. What is that? So in honor of David not being here, these are both questions that David would probably get oh, okay. if he was here. Mm. Oh, that's you guys, questionable. We'll see. First question. Wait, that's really unfortunate because what if David does get to phone in trivia? No, I will not allow it. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Woof. Great, 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 great. First question. You have to ask David questions that I would probably get right. Yeah. <laughs> what is Andrew's middle name? Okay. Leica, the camera giant, is actually a portmanteau of two words. Lights, the founder's last name, and blank. Can we get a reaction of David I actually, listening to the question? I didn't even hear the question because I was imagining David's face watching this like on the plane ride back being like, yeah. I know that. <laughs> it's so easy. It's so easy. Everyone should know this. Um, okay. You'll repeat the question a later, portmanteau. right? What was that word? Portmanteau? A portmanteau is when you smash two words together. I like that. So Leica is a combination of the words lights, which is the founder's last name. Oh. And I think the name of the parent oh, I knew company. That. His L last name -E is Lights. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's different. I was going to say and Camera what? Action. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that was his full name. His first, his first name was Lights. Lights. <laughs> yeah. Wait, speaking of people who have a great last name for what they do, mm -hmm. there is, I, I find these amusing. I don't know. Like a. Totally. Like there's a Frisbee like player. Like Ball Ball being a basketball player. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. Eagle um, McMahon is a disc golf player. His first name is Eagle, actually. Eagle. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, last name is even more impressive because he couldn't choose it. Uh, at the Worlds tournament that I was at, I saw a Canada jersey that said Frisbee on the back. What? It was his name. No way. No way. Yeah. F-R-I-S-B-Y. Yeah. That's still fire. That's pretty sick. That's incredible, right? <laughs> his life was chosen for him. It was, wow. it was all laid out. Anyway, we'll think about the trivia stuff. That'll be the end of the episode like usual, but we'll be right back.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Support for the show comes from Anthropic. Companies of all sizes are exploring use cases for AI and finding that it's not a one-size-fits-all game. It's all about finding the right balance between speed and intelligence. Like if you're powering a customer chat experience, you need instant speed at low cost. If you're doing complex R&D or advanced analysis, you need frontier intelligence. Claude 3 from Anthropic offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Claude 3 Opus is their largest and most powerful model that can handle complex tasks and analysis. Sonnet strikes the balance between information and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and most cost-effective model that can execute lightweight actions fast. Anthropic is dedicated to building AI systems that are reliable, interpretable, and steerable. Their multidisciplinary team of researchers, engineers, policy experts, and business leaders designed Claude to elevate the field of generative AI. See for yourself. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. All right, welcome back. Let's talk about this new track weapon. What? <laughs> See what I did there? No. Um, it's a It's a camera, though that you would shoot track cars with. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that was a stretch, but you it, know, was. It, it works in my head. I thought it was pretty the good. The stretchiest uh, of stretches. <laughs> the Sony Alpha 9 III. It was announced this week. There was an event for it. It was earlier. It has some really cool features, probably primary of them being that it's the world's first full-frame global shutter camera. Yes. Which is actually super cool and yeah. impressive. I know very little about global shutter, so can yeah. you explain it? fully i think yeah. i have the general idea about it but a couple examples of why it's yeah it's it's very useful especially with fast moving subjects or frames basically mm. if you think about a camera sensor being a bunch of lines of pixels let's say you have a let's just say a 50 megapixel camera line by line technically the computer inside the camera to take a picture is reading all of those lines one at a time like a curtain from top to bottom almost, yeah. yeah so it's not capturing everything at once and that's usually fine because it's extremely fast and nothing's really moving fast enough for the top and the bottom of the frame to be different unless you have a particularly fast object that's like flying through the frame mm -hmm. where when you scan the top half, it's in one part of the frame and you scan the bottom half, it's in another part, it'll actually mess up the image. Yeah. Or there's a phenomenon called rolling shutter where if you just like si swipe back and forth, you can kind of see a little bit of a lag a little bit like of a jelly, jelly. Yeah. as it scans the lines from top to bottom. Okay. It's funny because I didn't think of it in terms of video, but the it, it yeah. still so, affects video. Because like video, we get that jelly effect all the time. If you like whip pan something a little too hard, it's like catching up right. with it. Which mm -hmm. technically still applies to photos. If you're shooting a track car passing by and you're whip panning really fast True. and you have rolling shutter come in, it'll distort your image. Like yeah. That. And the other example I saw was like taking a photo of like a helicopter that's flying. The blades fast. can turn into kind of like this warped U almost because they're f spinning so fast. Yeah. It doesn't capture it all in one thing. Yeah. So global so, shutter is 
opening everything at once. Global shutter is reading the entire frame at once. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of computing power, and hence you usually don't see huge sensors able to do that. You'll see smaller sensors able to do it. This is the first full frame global shutter camera. So even our red cameras uh, are all not global shutter. Actually, the, the one that is global shutter is a smaller sensor. I believe the Komodo is global shutter. Oh. So yeah, full frame global shutter is a big deal. And so that's gonna be awesome for people basically who are looking to take advantage of that fast moving stuff. People who are shooting sports, people who are shooting helicopters, birds, cars, things like that, fast moving stuff. So you're saying people who might need a button that can turbo boost their camera. <laughs> this is also a feature that would be interesting to those people. Funny you mentioned that, this <laughs> camera has a turbo boost button. Um, I remember the days when a when a camera that could shoot like 10 frames per second was really impressive. It's almost like video. Yeah, you take it and you hear, and you're like, dang, 10 shots in one second? I could just spray and like get every single part of this moment and pick the perfect photo. And that's kind of a strategy and like people do that. Yeah. Now, this photo camera can shoot 20 frames per second with a special speed boost button where in the middle of it, if you press and hold, it will shoot <clears throat> 120 pictures every second. With, as long as the lens is compatible, yes. full continuous autofocus as well. Yes, pretty incredible. I guess technologically speaking in my head, it makes sense if you have a video camera that can shoot 120 frames per second and it's global shutter, then it should be capable of 120 photos per second. But opening and closing the shutter a whole bunch of times, getting that fast of a shutter speed, that's extra math, that's extra processing. But it does it. I don't believe it has a physical shutter at all. It probably it. just leads it, leaves it open and exposes over and over again really fast. Yeah, what I was reading online is that it just it's literally just the sensor turning on and off and on and off like there's nothing physical right. which is also why there's no banding at um high mm. shutter speeds too yeah up to a an 80 an 80,000th of a second shutter speed that's, i don't know what you're shooting the but that's incredible the noise that it makes which My i guess is part. like you said just it turning on and off it sounds like if you had like an rc car that was broken and you just like pressed it did you hear the noise of it, the no, turbo boot button being hit? Maybe maybe it does oh. have something physical. You should find the noise. It's it. horrible. I'll, I'll play it right now. If anything I owned made the noise that that makes, I would just immediately assume it was broken. Here's the noise that it makes when you go turbo mode. So I can be shooting at the speed of a 9 Mark II, which is 20 frames per second. I can be shooting at the speed of a... And then I can just press that custom button to be able to go to 120 frames per second. So what is that noise? There must be game. a... So I guess the reason I thought it sounded weird because I didn't realize it was the switching between them like changes the pitch of it. And that changing of pitch is what sounded really strange to me. But it is a constant between when you separate yeah. both of them. Now I just feel like I'm misunderstanding some part of this camera though because that's a lot of noise for... It is a lot of noise. For, an elec for something electronic to make. It is a lot of noise, but I don't think that's 120 noises in the second. So yeah, that sounds about like 120. Slow down. Really? Yeah. You think that was a... Yeah, I do. Oh. 120 hertz. Because I have no idea. below 20 hertz is when your ear begins to be able to hear individual pulses. 20? 20. Below 20? Below 20 is when you hear dot, 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 and then above 20 is when oh. you hear... Oh. Okay. Huh. So you're saying, I'm not hearing it, but that doesn't mean... <laughs> 
It's I don't know. Yeah. Making don't, it. It might be also a difference between trained ears and non-trained ears. Also, what's making the noise? Someone let me know, please, because now I, I feel like I don't know anything. That is a cool feature, though. I think that, I mean, I'll literally never use it, but the example of, like, someone mid-action trying to capture the exact moment that something happens, like lighting a match or... I don't know, a t- something compressing over time I, or whatever. It's I totally so cool. get it. I, I personally think the hockey example they used was bad because it didn't yeah. seem like anything was that minusculely different between them. But when I brought the A7R out to Yellowstone and the Tetons, like some of the birds I was shooting, I was I saw them and they would take flight and I'd go like, and I'd be like, I definitely got a sweet shot. And then scroll through all of them and be like, you have 120 none. out of focus shots. Not, no, not even 100, not 120 because it's far less than that. And they were in focus, but just like none of them were like the perfect wingspan uh, or like everything matching up perfectly. So Every time I was like, I wish his head was looking this way and his wing was in this position from uh, different ones. You need either this camera or Google's magic editor <laughs> to, to reposition things in the picture for you, you. know, It's clearly the camera's fault and not mine. <laughs> Um, it's the bird's fault. So that's why I need 120 frames. Also, side note, I don't think I've ever heard a hummingbird in person until last week. <laughs> it Have you ever heard a hummingbird flying? I've definitely seen them, but I don't know if I it, can specifically think you? of the noise. Well, under 20 hertz, you can't actually hear the... What? No, you hear it. You, it, you just hear the individual <laughs> The individual pulses. Beats. I thought... I didn't see it at first, so I thought I was being attacked by a giant wasp. <laughs> Oh, it was it, that it close sounds, to your head? Yeah, it like flies by you and it's like, and it sounded like a wasp. That's a horrible impression, but like, it sounds like a bug because oh. it's beating its wings so fast. That I just thought is, that was worth sharing. That's interesting. I mean, yeah. this camera would be a great camera to take a photo of a hummingbird. That's a fact. That's if a you could mute frames. that loud sound, though. Yeah, it might scare it off. Yeah, animals don't like that. Uh... Yeah. Well, you need the, you need the super telephoto lens also. So you're true, like kind of far away, yeah. can't hear you. Then you get all Why was that not the example? Why was a hummingbird not the example? Why was it, it a hockey been. player? Listen, I love I hockey, but that was a bad example. Hockey's pretty fast moving. I mean, the shot that they showed in the video was just a guy shooting a puck, but they should have done something crazier, like someone checking someone in the glass or something. That would have been cool. The glass teeth, shattering. Someone's teeth falling Someone's out. teeth leaving <laughs> their mouth in slow motion. That would have been cool. But they went with a pretty <laughs> vanilla example. Anyway, it's a, it's a $6,000 camera. It's coming out spring of next year. If you're interested... We'll also leave a link to Sony's A9 Mark III. If you want a camera with NOS, that's your camera. Yeah. yeah. I'm impressed. Pixel 3. Yeah. Pixel Watch 3. Oh, I didn't Pixel even know. Wa- Pic- <laughs> What's going on with Pixel Watch 3? Wait, what, <laughs> wait, wait, what did you Pixel think Watch it was going to be about with the Pixel 3? I was like, what did what happened to Pixel 3? <laughs> did it just get Cyanogen Mod again? What's going on? No, Pixel okay. Watch 3. Sorry. Pixel Watch 3. Yeah, we did just review Pixel Watch 2. Yeah. Um, but there was an article out the other day because of a um, patent filing oh, that boy. looks like a potential for a future um, Pixel Watch, excuse me, possibly having a touch-sensitive bezel on the outside. What could go wrong? But what could go wrong? Nothing. A lot. A lot. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was kind of interesting, one, because, yeah, we just did see the Pixel Watch 2, but... This looks like kind of an in-between of, well, one, I'm confused because I don't see the digital crown in the photo of the patent anymore, but maybe yeah. that's just missing there. Just a patent. I think they'd probably yeah. not put it in the patent. The crowns, I liked the crown personally. It's not as good as the Apple the Apple Watch crown, but when I was using the Pixel Watch for a little bit, I enjoyed the crown. And I think you mm-hmm. can have both here because um, this kind of reminds me of the touch version of 
the Galaxy Watch Classic, which has the physical bezel that you can spin. Now, the reason I like that better, though, on the Galaxy Watch is because that also acts as kind of like a buffer between your screen and surfaces. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important. And I think the Pixel Watch couldn't do that because of the way it's shaped, but also because of the way it's shaped, I would want protection on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it says sensors could respond to press, tap, squeeze, and swipe gestures, and then could potentially have use for specific apps, depending on what you're inside of. It's interesting. I I guess I'll, I have a couple of things that come to my mind when I see this. Mm-hmm. One is, it's a patent, so I don't know that that means Pixel Watch 3 as yeah, much as it's just like, hey, Google had an idea. Bro, this is the podcast. This is the speculation. I mean, it it's nice 100% if, confirmed if it goes for the from, Pixel Watch 3. <laughs> if it goes from patent to confirmed in a product in nine months, that would be so dope. But you know how these timelines are, so that's why no, I'm just exactly. throwing that out there. Listen, we're getting close to the, the end of the year. Fair. We got to take whatever news articles we can Fair. get we'll have the, the headline of the podcast will we'll happily go crazy. <laughs> Brand new Pixel Watch 3. <laughs> but then number two. We have it. <laughs> Did, what was the last pixel you could squeeze? This must have been... Four, right? I think the four. I don't think four. the five had it, and then I, I don't think right. they brought it back. The squeeze feature was interesting, and they got rid of it for a reason, but the squeeze feature to activate the assistant was decently useful. I loved it. It was not as sensitive as potentially having a bunch of extra like swipe functions or tapping functions. It was mainly just like squeeze it hard enough and you get the assistant quickly very like rudimentary sensor yeah. and frame type stuff. That's actually, that's a good point. On my old Garmin, I think it was the Vivo Active 3, it had a place where you could swipe on the side. And if that happened to be f- on my wrist near the top of my hand, if yeah. I reached back far enough, it could activate it and that's, wind up moving things around. Exactly. That was going to be my third thing, which is the physical bezel on the Galaxy Watches is like ideal for me because once you, I do the accidental button press all the time. I've actually looked down at my Apple Watch and I was like about to call emergency services because my wrist or my hand was pressing the action button or whatever the dial for too long. Um, So this seems like potential for accidental presses would be very high. Now all I can think about is the squeeze feature on the Pixel and how much I miss it. It was pretty sweet. I loved that. But they got rid of it for a reason. Which is probably not a lot of people use it and it was costing extra money and they decided it wasn't worth it. But I used it. That's very true. I actually use it too. I don't even use a pixel anymore. But yeah, now it's a swipe. Do you use a swipe up from the corner now? So what I used to use it for all the time was when it's cold out and I would wear gloves and I wanted oh, to so um like most of the time it was like telling Claire I was on my way home that I'm leaving work, walk yeah. outside, squeeze, text Claire I'm on my way home. Super useful. Perfect. Yeah. You can you can hold the power button to do assistant now on the Zen you have a Zen phone? Yes. Hold power button. Power button is assistant. I think you can map actually holding power button, double tapping power button, and maybe even triple tapping. Oh, no, it can't do that because its fingerprint is there and it just automatically brings me into... But if you're wearing gloves... (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Wait, go into the power... Go into your settings. Well, yeah, I can just use a different finger. No. Yeah, I think you have that now. But if you you can activate that in the settings, you can go to turn on power button long press because this is what i did i think i had double press for camera and long press for assistant on my zen phone i'll let you do this you're the master you're the master of my phone smart key that's what it's called they call it smart key so you can long press change that to wake up google assistant or what did we take what did we take away from here it was your power menu 
because when you hold it, it was. But I can still turn it off from just that. Okay. Cool. Or yeah, or from your uh, or your swipe down. So oh. there you go. You can still do the same thing. It's just a smaller target. Instead of squeezing the whole phone, it's the, just the button. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. happy about that, but so yeah, you know, I wow. I see this feature. It's kind of cool. I wonder how much of it they plan to implement in a future product, but I do think seeing it in a patent application looks like mm, Google had an idea. Yeah, it, it. I feel like it. W- hopefully, it would make sense. Although the thing I would like about the Pixel Watch, a new one, the most is to get rid of the giant bezel that kind of just folds over. Like if the Pixel Watch could have the screen really like moving into the folding sides, yeah. the, it would look so good. I think it already does look good. So yeah. I guess rather than eliminating the bezel, they're trying to make use for it, yeah. which is a good option. But I would rather see that like be a full domed sweet screen i don't think the hardware is the issue with the pixel watch for this feature yeah i think battery a little bit is but Mm. i think the battery in every smartwatch except for carmen is horrible (laughs) that's true yeah i think that that was i might be wrong about this as far as how late they used it but i think it was literally just a sensor inside of the metal frame where when you squeeze it you're physically bending something to move inside well, the yeah, phone. Yeah, that's how With it the phone? Yeah. It so was you, from HTC. Remember? That was the HTC way? Yeah. So you didn't need extra battery or processing. It was just a new button on the phone. It was just in the phone. Yeah, it was like another sensor. Yeah. But I mean, just in general, the Pixel Watch, I don't think the reason... Like, I don't think... The hardware and how it looks yeah, is, the, is the issue. Like, it's I think just oh, in general right. yeah, with in the general. watch? Oh, yeah. totally agreed. It's one of the best <laughs> things about the watch. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's, there's bigger fish to fry with the Pixel Watch. But I still think it's pretty good as is. I, I just cool. I was gonna say, I do you remember the Moto three sixty with the flat tire? Still one of my favorite looking smartwatches ever. I think it's one of the best examples that nostalgia doesn't always sell because they tried to make two more of those and no one gave a damn about them but at all. But they didn't go OG thin bezel aesthetic because I really don't mind the flat tire. It's not the worst. Look at this. It thing. clearly That's... could be so much better. Well, because it looks like a watch. Yeah, I can't believe. It's, Which is it's very wants. funny to me seeing you look at this and be like, this looks so good and wearing a square Apple Watch on your oh, wrist. Oh, I've never <laughs> said the Ultra was good looking. I really I, don't like the way the Apple Watch Ultra looks anymore. It's really? just the battery life is so much better than the others I, I've used. I think the Apple Watch Ultra is the best looking Apple Watch. I think it looks fantastic. The best looking Apple Watch. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not as good looking as a Galaxy a, Watch. Or a Garmin or Epix Gen 2. a Moto 360. That's a good look. Kevin watch. O'Leary would wear that. He, he, I think he would. I think I'm he's got kidding. the. No, he would never wear this. But all that to say, uh, <laughs> the patent application is interesting, and we'll keep an eye on it for Pixel Watch of the future. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> let's take a quick break, and let's do some trivia. All right, welcome back to the David Hour of Trivia. Our next question, longtime listeners of the show will certainly know. David famously worked in the server center of what tech company? You don't remember. Oh, ah. The minute you said worked, I knew what the answer was. I think I know. I think I remember. We'll be back after the break. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. 
But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome back. We have a new YouTube feature, which. I'm excited for that. Do you know what it is? No. Okay. Whoops. <laughs> Calm your excitement. Oh. Um, I just thought it was funny. It's called the play something button. And it basically, remember we talked about stumble upon a few weeks ago? Yeah. Do you remember what stumble upon was? Is that where it would just take you to a random website? Yeah. So imagine you're on YouTube and you're scrolling through your homepage. This is how it works. And you get an option that's just like, can't decide what you want to watch. Try to discover a new video. And then there's just a button that says play something. Hmm. And it just picks a video for you to watch. So you don't have to make the choice. In interesting now i know you have questions and i don't think i have answers (laughs) (laughs) we'll try first question Mm -hmm. this could be a video or a short i don't know okay i didn't think of that either (laughs) second question this could be it would be rough if it's a short if you're so desperate to see a video that you're willing for it and then it gives you like 60 seconds of a video it's unclear it could also go to full-length videos Okay, okay okay so here's i'm gonna i'm an ipad kid i fully admit it If I'm home alone and I make food, it will sit and get cold while I find a video to watch. I will not start (laughs) the plate until something is playing, and that takes a very long time. I'm guilty. 100% guilty, will admit. What is the difference between the shorts button and this button, functionally? And they both open up a random short? Well, it sounds like it does open up full length. It does also open up a full length video. Okay. It shouldn't open up a short at all. 
Yeah, because that, that's I don't think it should. Yeah, 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 no one. The amount of times that I've searched for a YouTube short, no, but that's not even what you're doing. The amount of times that I've been like, I want to sh- watch a short about Domino's, <laughs> you know, and then I type Domino's short. It's like that's literally no one's ever done that. It is funny that when you when you search for a topic on YouTube, you do get regular videos and shorts about that topic. So if you, I don't mind that actually. Like I've watched a bunch of like reviews about a product, and I run out. I. I will start watching the shorts about it, too. My girlfriend and I do actually do this for shorts of talking birds. So, yeah, actually, I <laughs> well, lied just then. <laughs> I was going to say, though, but, but me enjoying that coming up doesn't, like, mean I don't disagree with you. Because it just means sometimes what I'm searching can be accomplished in a short. I was looking up the other day how to lube a keyboard switch. And a short came up and I was like, well, I'm just going to watch the short because it has to get right into doing it rather than 20 minutes of, mm. which is probably also good information. But right then I just really quickly wanted to try and yeah. figure it out. So coming up in search as an option, I think great. Mm-hmm. But going back to this button, my question is how much of your personal algorithm is this including into yeah, it? I have to assume it's got to be something. No way it's fully random. Because if it's fully random and I'm like, oh, I just made myself a sweet plate of chicken nuggets let's um let's watch some and then i get the like how to fix your sink drain or, or like yeah. a tutorial of like how to fix something on or your like house a 13 year old news story about something it, you don't care about yeah exactly yeah. so i i have to imagine but in the article that i read i didn't see exactly what it was what it's gonna play but then also if it's referencing just your algorithm is it like going a little outside the box like spotify dj does take into account what you're listening to but try and push you in a different direction a little bit. Tries to keep you on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this Says is just going to pick one of the like eight that's in your top recommended it's videos. It's just going to show Mr. Beast videos. <laughs> it's just going <laughs> to shuffle what was on your homepage anyway. Maybe Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Um, it's like I'm feeling lucky for videos. Yeah, I don't know. So apparently Netflix had this a few years ago and I didn't even know, which hmm. makes sense because there's been so many times I remember being in college and a bunch of us would like get together and be like, oh yeah, let's just throw a movie on before the end of the night. And then like an hour and a half later, we're like, let's just go to bed. We still haven't picked still anything. Know watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't even know it was on Netflix. So hmm. it's one of those things I feel like sounds like a great idea and then no one uses and Google will scrap it in yeah, well, six months. We should make a bet on that. <laughs> How long will this watch something feature last on YouTube? Over or under six months? So first it has to fully make it. I don't think it's fully available yet. Will it even make it that far? Those are two very different <laughs> questions. That's true. That's fair. I think it will make it through. I think it'll be gone by June. I agree with you. <laughs> There's a right way to do this feature, in my opinion. And the right way to do it is to parody a website called Forgotify.com. Okay. And Forgotify.com pulls up a random song on Spotify that has zero plays. Wow. So you are inherently the first person to listen to that spot that song on Spotify. We're talking zero. We're talking not even this mom, this person's mom listened to this. We're talking not even this person listened to their own music on Spotify. I have a problem with the name. Why? Because I, I get it, but when I think forgot, I think mm. something that has been heard and then forgotten about. True. So zero views means no one can forget about something they've never heard before, I except would, for maybe the person who uploaded it forgot they uploaded it. And I assume that if no one listens to it, what's stopping it from being forgotten? 
Fair. Anyway, but the the YouTube version of this would be killer. Think about zero all the views. the insane stuff there is on YouTube that has zero. And also think about the fact that when something has zero views, the algorithm will never serve it to you. That needs ever. to be the I'm feeling um, lucky button. So a couple interesting things in there. Oh. First, the way I'm explained the YouTube algorithm by YouTube it, it will show you stuff with zero views. Really? Okay, okay. It just doesn't necessarily know who to serve it to. It's going to try. Mariah gets a lot of really low-view videos yeah, for some reason. Yeah, a lot of low-view videos get showed. But also, like, it might serve it to a bunch of people and nobody clicks it because the thumbnail is horrible and it still has zero views. So maybe it tried. The other thing is there is so much risky stuff on YouTube with zero views that YouTube could not make that the feature. <laughs> they couldn't do it. They like their safe lots of views well-reviewed content and uh if if they were to just build like just have a button on the site just send me to something that no one has ever seen before that's that's pretty risky so i think that might get youtube in some trouble so they probably wouldn't do that yeah but i still love it but we'd still love it yeah, yeah. i agree alice that should be one i disagree i think it should be truly freaking random totally random totally random any video on YouTube, even if it's a 13-year-old news Totally clip, random, and fine. you have to watch the entire thing before you watch any other video. I would like them to combine the truly random feature with the feature that used to tell you other people who are watching the video at the same time as you. Because if you got served something truly random with, like, six views from 2017, and then you see that someone else That's also arrives it. on the same video somehow by some other random pathway through the internet, it's a special moment. It right really now. feels like you want live chat on video on demand videos on youtube no i just like the mystique of seeing like a profile picture and a, and a username and being like i don't know how you got here you don't want to communicate you just want to no, see they're no, there no, i just want to see they're there you just want to give them the little nod in the grocery store yeah, <laughs> the yeah, little yeah, head yeah. tilt yeah. like yeah. in google docs or something where it's like anonymous <laughs> lizard or yeah like... no like someone else is here and i can feel that i can feel that we're on the, we're on the same place on this very small internet together you could probably just make like a chrome extension that fakes that but then everyone in the world would have to use a Chrome extension, <laughs> which is tough. But yeah, Fair. I like that. I like that feature idea. Um, all right, one more thing. And this is something I wanted to talk about a few weeks ago, but we got really busy and now it's officially out. But Spotify for premium subscribers is offering 15 hours of free audiobook listening per month. Nice. I think that's awesome. That's I think awesome. that's really cool. Uh, as someone who has been trying to read more, and I'm putting that in air quotes because it's audiobooks. Yeah, someone who's trying to have people read to them more. Yes. Yes. Uh, 15 hours is surprisingly short. That's So that's what I originally said, but as someone who doesn't put forth the effort to actually listen to audiobooks, I don't think I have the right to complain about it. And also, <laughs> I guess, if I'm listening to more than 15 hours a month, I deserve to be paying for it, probably. Yeah. Probably, um, yeah. Which I guess I already am paying for Spotify Premium. So yeah. do you know how much it is to get like unlimited? Oh, like to just have a spot. Oh, I don't know. Does if they Spotify have an, do? No, I don't think they do unlimited audiobooks as far as I'm aware. Yeah, books you get you the 15 hours. And then if you pass that 15 hours, you can pay for an extra 10 hours or you could just buy the book. Yeah. Oh, you buy the book. Like yeah. audiobooks are like one time purchases. So but they're going to give you uh, 15 hours of like preview. Audible. Yeah, Audible has like something where you pay for the subscription and you basically get one free credit a month. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like a free book. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same thing. You get a free audiobook okay. per month. The way I was thinking of it, the reason 15 hours feels low is because if I have a one hour commute 
which I do, unfortunately, but that's my fault. Um, then I'm in the car for two hours a day. So that's a week. seven days, essentially, of commuting yeah. if I listen to it straight through yeah. like that, which doesn't seem like a lot. It'd be rough if you got like a 17-hour book. Yeah, <laughs> and listen to it at the beginning of the month yeah. rather than the end. Um, yeah. I think I finally will start actually listening to some damn audiobooks through this. To be fair, if you're in the U.S., most public libraries that you can sign up for free have audiobooks that you can do. To be fair, sometimes they're annoying because they only have X amount of copies and you need to be put on a wait list for them and then you have X amount of time to finish it. Um, and also I think most library cards, you have to like go to the library and get your library card to be part of that. Yeah. I've tried to do it a few times and I'm too lazy. But um, so this is nice for me, the lazy man. But if you really want to listen to a book for free, there's generally ways you can do it through a public library. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's all our stories for this week. Pretty, pretty quick. Pretty short one. Yeah. But uh, also some fun stuff in there. And I mean, course. we got to see the Pixel Watch 3, though. You got to see a car drive backwards as 170 <laughs> miles an hour. I think that's a pretty successful week. Are you going to go watch that video during lunch I, when we're done thousand, with this? I might have it up in another tab already, <laughs> ready to go. Um, that being said, we should definitely get to the David trivia answers. Sorry, David. Trivia time. All right. Trivia time. So... Quick update on the score. Marquez with 12. Andrew with 10. David with 1, 2, carry the 1, 12. <laughs> it wasn't um, me. It wasn't you. But you got me on that. First honor. question. <laughs> Leica, the camera giant, is actually a portmanteau of two words. Lights, the founder's last name, and blank. What is the other word that makes up the name Leica? David is yelling at his phone right now. Hey, David. Have a safe flight back. <laughs> See you soon. I think I'm going to feel bad when I get this wrong. Flip him I, and read. Uh, What'd you say? I thought you'd be right. So I changed my answer, and one of us is right. I said camera. Oh, sorry. No. Capture? I said camera. Yeah. Is it really? Yep. Let's go. Wait, so yeah, you guys did. did a very good job at holding your face when I made the joke camera <laughs> action camera earlier. Action. I wrote down camera. I was like, nah, too easy. Erased it and wrote capture. Good job, Marquez. Okay. That's fine. I can take that, L. Next question. What company did David work in the server center of? Oh, I think I know. I said it first. <laughs> Wait, what? You're Mark erasing? Furiously erasing <laughs> his answer right now, second guessing himself. What's he going to put? Watching him write. He's running out of time. What was that? My no, answer. I've never seen anything like that before. I'm confused. He just made a giant circle a bunch of times. So you were circling your answer? Flip it. In, okay, we both said Intel. And you're both oh, right. Nice. What did you erase? I was trying to, so I think we both knew it immediately. And uh -huh. I watched you write Intel. And I, when I saw you wrote the EL, I was like, I could tell too easily what you wrote. <laughs> so I was like, let me write something that's obviously wrong. And I just uh, wrote a bunch of letters. And I was just wanted to see your reaction. And you were just like, 
that's wrong. <laughs> oh, I was just happy wrong. that I got two points this week. And then I, I wasn't thinking that deeply. <laughs> and then I, but I had already written Intel, so I just circled it. Oh, okay. That was fun. That was a hard to erase. Nice. Hmm. You caught up with David. Now you both have 12. Who, me and David? Wow. Oh, nice. Get f- David. <laughs> That's two bleeps this episode. <laughs> uh, David, I'm so sorry. But also we're not. No, I think you need to think of two Andrew questions for him. Oh, you have no idea. No, I think I have. Andrew questions for David? We have way more than two. No, I, no, I, know. I forgot about that. item on the Taco Bell menu, <laughs> top left corner. Go. I'm, so, I'm shocked this is taking so long. The obvious answer is just the t- like taco meal. Well, anyway, that's basically it for this week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for liking. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for making this possible. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for clicking those links. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for being here. Catch you in the next one. Peace. Is that like an NPC stream? I liked that. Repeat it next week. (laughs) (laughs) Waveform is produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Rovin. We're partnered with our... Waveform is produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Rovin. We're partnered with the Vox Media Podcast Network, and our triatro music was created by Vane Sill. I do want someone to blind test me so I can prove that I definitely can see the difference between 60, 90, and 120. I think you could do it if it was on the phone that you're used to every day. I think if you were the best way to, I think the easiest way to test it would be on a computer. And I think that's out of your scrolling. scrolling. So it would have to be three different phones. I think 60 and 120 you could tell. 90 is the one that I I think is tough. I can tell. There's a phone, a singular (laughs) phone you can... Set to 60, 90, or 120. Right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, you can do RG, you could do Zen. That could be a short. That could be a studio short. Yeah. Yeah. Because I get so many comments of people like, you, you can't, can't tell. tell the difference. I can't tell. Nobody can tell. It's like, bro, it's, it's extremely obvious. Set your iPhone to 60, it looks horrible.